This is the Infatuation Podcast, a show where we talk about Asian things we love. This is Curtis, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the Netflix Christmas movie, Love Hard. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 14. And I think this is dropping right before Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to all you out there. I'm really thankful for you coming along and giving us a, a listen here or there. So it's been a fun five months, and it has been an honor to be able to give you these episodes. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, coming along for the ride today is someone all the way from the sunny shore. It's not even sunny today. Is it rainy today? No, it rained. <laughs> Coming all the way from the rainy shores of Oahu is Meg. Hey, Meg, how's it going? Hello. Hello, all the listeners out there. We have a few in Hawaii. Uh, I don't know them all personally, but, you know, I have analytics so I can tell where people are downloading. So we have a few folks. I don't know what island they're on, but it says it's in Hawaii. Cool. Maybe on Oahu. That's where I am. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking about doing a Hawaii show, so we might have to call you again, Meg. Yeah, that'd be fun. All the places to eat, all the things to see. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever watch a YouTube channel called Hello from Hawaii? I have not heard of it. Uh, it's this guy named Chris, and he um, he's on Oahu also, and he's been doing it for a little while now. And I mentioned, we did an episode on um, YouTube channels that we like, and mm-hmm. I, I mentioned his because it kind of gives you the, the the lowdown on what's it like to live in Hawaii. You know how much how expensive things are. And, oh, it's very expensive. And so <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big theme for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I reached out to him to see if he would come on with us, and he said maybe. <laughs> he gave me a solid maybe. So maybe in the spring, as people are making their vacation plans to go to the islands, we'll do a Hawaii yeah. episode. Yeah. All right. So. Um, a little bit more about Meg. Uh, so you grew up in the Bay Area. You're a Bay Area mm-hmm. kid. And then you went to San Diego for college. You just kept yeah. getting warmer and warmer. Everywhere you went got warmer and warmer. I right? did. Now that I think about it, I <laughs> left the fog and tried to find some sun. <laughs> and then when you went to Hawaii, did you know that was going to be like a forever move? Or was it kind of like, oh, I'll give it a try for a little while? In my head, when I made the move, it wasn't a forever move. It was a, I graduated college and got offered a job. So this makes sense because you need a job when you graduate. You do. But now the job that I'm in has a lot of benefits for long-term working. Mm. So if I do the 10 years, I get the loan forgiveness. Ah. So I'm in it for the loan forgiveness now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's been, what, two years no, it's been more than that. How long have you been? Oh, home? I'm coming on six years next May. So I'm at five and a half now. Holy moly. That's longer than yeah. I, I remember. All right. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. It's not a bad place to hang out for 10 years. Yeah. It's not a bad place to be. And I think I go home often enough that I get the fix of in and out every now and then. <laughs> and then I come back. You get your Disney fix. Oh, it's most. Yes, it is the Disney fix. And then I come back. <laughs> Um, let me go through a couple listener emails here, Meg. So you don't know these people, but uh, we'll talk about them a little bit. Um, thanks for writing in. We got some uh, got some emails in the last couple episodes. We had Rebecca write in, and she said she enjoyed listening to Justin and I talk about some Giants memories. Meg, you still follow the Giants? You do, right? I do, but it's hard to catch games with a time difference. So I like keep up with the scores and what was going on and the general flow of things. And I was really excited about this past season and really let down with that past game. <laughs> it fizzled um, out. Yeah. But I do try to keep up. But uh, yeah, if you listen to our baseball episode, we had an episode on Asians and baseball. And we actually talked about a couple of Hawaiians. We talked about uh, Colton Wong. Uh, and this other guy, guy named Mike Lum, also a Hawaiian, so a couple of Hawaiian players in the MLB. But uh, yeah, Rebecca wrote in, and she uh, enjoyed hearing us talk about some uh, Giants memories, because she's in L.A. right now, so it's always nice to hear some folks talking about Giants baseball down there. And she liked the history we gave about this guy named Harry Kingman, who was actually the first Chinese-born player, even though he was not Chinese. <laughs> His parents were missionaries, and he was in China in like the 1800s. Yeah, so he was born in China, but he Mm -hmm. was American. 
Um, Margaret wrote in and she said she liked our baseball show also, and she recommended a Netflix show called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. It's on uh, on Netflix right now, and it's about a minor league team in Oregon. So thanks for that recommendation, Margaret. She's also working her way through a bunch of Korean dramas with her daughter, so she's doing trying to do My Name as well as uh, Boys Over Flowers, a classic. Oh, I've seen that one. That is the one and only one that I've ever watched, and I got sucked in hard. (laughs) It's a classic. Lee Min Ho is the main guy there. He's huge, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, John wrote in, and he also liked listening to the baseball clips, so thanks for listening, John. So let's see. What have we been doing lately? So the just today, this today is uh, November 16th, so we just dropped our second Eternals episode with all the spoilers. Have you seen that movie yet, Meg? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, you can listen to our podcast. We spoil everything, so don't listen to it until you've watched it. But uh, yeah, it was uh, overall, overall, I think we all liked it. It wasn't the best movie ever, but it was entertaining. But definitely fun to go to the theater, right? It's always good to see something. Yeah, big like that. get popcorn. That was my favorite part. And see some Asian faces, right? That was nice to see some Asian yeah. faces on the screen. Yeah, Gemma Chan up front and center too. Love Gemma. We know another Gemma. <laughs> my mother. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and um, let's see. Yeah, if you listen to our podcast, you can hear Brian go on a little mini rant about how Asian men in Marvel movies always get friend zone for some reason. They never get. They never get the girl, so Gilgamesh, Shang-Chi, not getting any love, man. Always friend zone. I think in the end, Shang-Chi was getting there. It was, I think that would be weird, though, honestly, with Aquafina, I think that'd be weird. Because mm. they were, you know, you're, if you're totally homies with someone, and then <laughs> you can't just say, I like you all the time. We'll sudden. have to wait for the second movie, see where the characters go. We will see, we will see. That would be, I don't know if that would be a fan favorite, though. I think people like him as best friends, but... We'll see. So, anyways, <laughs> that's that was just kind of a funny take that Brian had. That man, it's kind of messed up what they did to Gilgamesh. But I uh, hope you enjoy listening to that one, everyone. Shout out to some guys I've been chatting with online a little bit. Uh, they also do a, a podcast called the uh, Worst Asian Pod, and they actually did a whole episode on interracial dating. And don't let the name fool you. The the podcast is pretty fun. And so give those guys a listen. Lin Jay uh, and Ben uh, run that one out of Queens, New York, called The Worst Asian Pod. So go give them a listen. They're uh, pretty funny on the ride into work. Um, so I've been going through the data a little bit, and uh, we had a bunch. November is, I'm calling this Netherlands November for the Infatuation Podcast. We had a bunch of downloads into Netherlands into the Netherlands, so uh, that's exciting. Also, some folks in UK started listening, so hello out there. I, I don't know how to say hello in Dutch. i got to learn a little Dutch. But hello, everyone over there across the pond. Um, exciting to see you guys listening, and, um, you know, if you ever come to the Bay Area, give us a give us a call. We'll hang out. <laughs> uh, one of our folks on Instagram, her name is uh, Fauzia. She was like, hey, I'm in Netherlands, so she's a listener. So hello, Fauzia out there. I hope I'm saying your name right. But for all you Dutch listeners and expats maybe listening in the Netherlands, thanks for listening. All right, so we are back with another single episode. Uh, We're not going to do two episodes on this one. We're just going to do one, and this time it's a rom-com. I think this is the first first rom-com we've done. We've done Korean dramas, we've done drama dramas, and Marvel stuff, but we've never done a rom-com, so that's exciting. And, you know, anytime something jumps up on Netflix's top 10 that has some connection to some Asian themes, we're going to take a look at it. So I was trying to think who uh, who could come along and co-host with me, and I immediately thought of Meg, because every year around this time, correct me if I'm wrong, but every year around this time, I start to see stories on Meg's uh, timeline that, that have Christmas romantic comedies. Is that... Is that kind of your thing this time of year? You start to get in the mood for rom-coms and stuff? It is. And it's funny you mention that because I did post something last night (laughs) where me and my sister have begun our challenge that we have to see who watches the most movies, the holiday, Christmas, Hallmark, Lifetime. Mm -hmm. Netflix has been popping into that game too. So now Netflix has a lot of holiday movies, but 
We compete to see who watches the most. And I don't know how, but my sister beats me every year by at least 20 to 30 movies. She just has them rolling in the background playing all day long. (laughs) So I try to watch the quality ones. She just goes through all of them. She goes through quantity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when did this start for you? Is this like a high school thing or when you're a little kid watching Hallmark or? No, probably not till college or even after college. Uh, in college, we didn't have TVs in our dorm room. I think by senior year, I had a TV. So we were watching more movies. But it was something where we saw that a lot of things were coming out. So you have a lot of different options. You have a lot to choose from. And if you know anything about Hallmark, I think they try to pump out a new movie every day or at least once a week. (laughs) So they're, they're making movies. And so you have a lot to choose from. And we realized that I think we'll get into this more later, but Hallmark movies, very predictable. You know, there's going to be a happy ending. Uh That's the type of thing I like. I, as much as I love the Marvel movies, you know, sitting on edge of my seat is not the fun, cozy thing I like to do at night after work. So getting to watch a Hallmark movie is like, oh, this is relaxing. This is easy to watch. You know, it's going to be a good ending. I don't have to be anxious the whole way through. That's good. So that progressed now into our competition that we have. (laughs) Now, will you do it? You'll do it in April, May, August, it doesn't matter? Or is it mostly November to December? I do the Christmas movie, so I'll do the holiday-related ones. But my sister will do year-round Hallmark movies. Because I thought Hallmark caters (laughs) to the holiday movies, but apparently they're making movies and TV shows (laughs) year-round. So even when it gets to the end of December, they shift from Christmas-themed movies into winter wonderland or Uh, ice themed or frozen so they go year round and they do (laughs) valentine's day ones i don't know what other holidays because i don't tune in very often but i was surprised to know that they try to go year round with their movies okay i did not know that either i don't have hallmark channel you have to have cable to get hallmark channel or um, we do the online streaming, but yes, use a cable login. Oh, okay. So, right. yeah, I don't, I don't know what channel it would be on. And I actually, so there's Hallmark and there's Lifetime, who uh-huh. are two big ones, big sh- channels. And I actually prefer the Lifetime ones because I think the Hallmark ones are a little bit more low budget. <laughs> and Lifetime comes out with a little bit like better picture quality, a little bit more known actors and actresses so i prefer the lifetime ones okay all right hot recommendation from meg check out the (laughs) lifetime holiday dramas we'll talk about this i got some more questions for you in a minute but uh so here we are in november and it's getting to be close to december you know week or week and a half away from december so this is getting into the the hot and heavy time for holiday dramas. So Netflix, I think, decided to come out, come out, guns blazing, come out a little early, come out guns blazing with this one called Love Hard, and we'll we'll talk to it about that in a minute. Um, but let's do a couple questions for you, Meg, just so the audience can get to know you a little bit more. Um, what is it about holiday movies that gets you? Is it is it just because Christmas has good vibes and good feelings, or is it the magic? Is there anything about Christmas in your personal life maybe that came up that is special for you? Maybe personal life, I love Christmas. I wasn't home last weekend because I was traveling, but had I been home, probably would have put the tree up already, <laughs> bought me Christmas pajamas, Got my Starbucks drink already. So I love the holidays in general. But with the movies, like I said earlier, it's I like the predictable aspect. I like knowing it's going to have a happy ending. Because uh, yeah. the other big thing about me is besides the holiday movie stuff, I'm also a really big Disney person. Uh-huh. And Disney is all about the magic, the dreams, <laughs> the princesses, the fairy tales. And so I think in a way, Hallmark in the Christmas movies has that magical, it's all going to end up okay. For sure. And yeah, so I think that's the draw after. to it for me. It's yeah. going to end up okay. You're going to have your magic. <laughs> your dreams are going to come true. All right. Yeah, I could definitely see that. 
Do you have a favorite of all time? Is it hard? It's funny because my favorite is not even a Hallmark or even a rom-com. I love the Santa Claus series. Uh, with is it Tim Allen? He falls uh-huh. off the roof and then he becomes Santa Claus. Like the Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, I love those ones. He uh-huh. falls off the roof. Santa Claus or Santa Claus falls off the roof. He puts on the suit. He becomes Santa Claus. Yeah. And so I love that series. And I think that's more of a childhood nostalgic thing that I cling <laughs> on to. Uh-huh. Um, that one's actually my favorite Christmas one. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go. I'm going to go way back. Now, now I didn't see this in the theaters because it was like the 1930s, but I'm going to go with It's a Wonderful Life, I think. Mm. Classic. Um, Do you have a favorite rom-com of all time? I would have to say Two Weeks Notice, if you know Uh, that one, uh with Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. Yeah. I watched that sometime in high school, and I don't even know how I found it because I don't think it was on Netflix or... I was still at a point in time when Netflix Netflix was still doing the send you DVDs, you return them in the Uh mail. So I don't think there was even a streaming option, Uh but I had watched that. And that's one that I like to watch over and over again. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with Serendipity. Do you remember Serendipity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one that Viv and I watched, Uh, not in the theaters, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a classic early 2000s one. Um, All right. And then the big question of the night. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? So, I have never seen Die Hard. <laughs> what? And when they made the references in this movie that we're about to talk to, I couldn't, you know, have an opinion because I didn't know what Die Hard was. Oh, and then man. I had actually asked a friend and I said, hey, do you know the movie Die Hard? And he followed up with, oh, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> so I don't know, but apparently it is to some people. It's kind of a joke. Yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of a joke that people like to do. But uh, all right. So we will see. Don't you like action thrillers a little? I do. And I like, you know, I've watched Hawaii Five-0 because it's based in Hawaii. But I do like the action, like what's going to happen next? Uh-huh. Are they surviving? Are the people yeah. going to die? I think that's on my list now because it's a Christmas movie to some. You got to do it. You got to do it. All right. Let me throw out the warning. I don't know. Again, we're talking about rom-coms, so the endings are not exactly, you know, huge mysteries. But I'm going to throw out the spoiler warning. We may may mention some things about the show that you might want to watch first before you listen to us. But just in case, spoiler alert, anybody out there who hasn't seen Love Heart on Netflix... We're going to talk about it, so you might want to tune out now and come back after you watched it. But let's get into it a little bit. So, um, like we just talked about, Love Hard. When I first saw it, I was like, wait, what? But then it makes sense, right? Because they're mashing up Love Actually mm-hmm. and Die Hard, two classic, some would say Christmas movies, some would say not Christmas movies. But Love Actually is a lot of people's favorite. I liked it. I definitely liked it. Um and then Die Hard is another classic. So they're kind of polar opposite movies in a way. And so this this show is called Love Heart, or this movie's called Love Heart. Um, it is written by a bunch of new people. So Danny McKee, he wrote something called Aim High. I've never heard of it. And Rebecca Ewing, this is her first thing ever, according to IMDb. And directed by Hernan Jimenez, who's Costa Rican, and he directed something called Elsewhere? Never heard of any of these things. So I think this is a pretty new crew. This is basically a new new crew working on this writer and director. And it's done by Netflix, so you talked about budget and, and whatnot, but anything that Netflix does, they will throw some money at it. So it looks good. It looks slick. They have a good soundtrack. They have... They have some actors, right? Uh, do you okay. know these people? So Nina Dobrev, uh, everyone knows her as, well, a lot of people know her as Natalie from this one. But now she was also in Vampire Diaries. Do you ever yes. Uh, Elena in Vampire Diaries? Elena. Main yeah. character? Yep. Um, I've never watched it. Have you ever watched it at all? I watched up until I think she becomes a vampire. I'm really bad at following through on series so i get about halfway through the seasons well that's more than i've ever watched Mm -hmm. and also degrassi next generation (laughs) 
Oh, I think that was like long time ago. So I think she was pretty young in those ones. Yeah. Is she about your age? She's probably about your age, right? No, I think she's older, probably in her 30s, but she uh, never ages. So she yeah. looks like she's my age. Okay. But. All right. And then Jimmy O. Yang, um, he plays Josh. Uh, he's famous for Silicon Valley, which is hilarious, and Crazy Rich Asians. And he's a comedian. So mostly known for comedy stuff. Um, I think this is the first like serious role he's ever done. I've never seen him do anything kind of serious. Well, I mean, it's not totally serious, but he plays kind of... Well, we'll talk about him <laughs> when we get to the plot. And then Derek Barnett. Have you ever seen Derek Bar- Darren Barnett? Have you ever watched Never Have I Ever? No, it sounds familiar, but he I didn't recognize him. He's the heartthrob in that show. He plays Paxton Hall Yoshida. So he's kind of like this... If you ever watch this show, he's kind of like um, he's like the Dylan from Nine Hundred Two One Zero. If you ever watched that show, he's mm-hmm. kind of the guy, the too cool guy, but he's got a heart of gold. You know, he's a nice guy, and he plays that character in that show. And then, uh, of course, we have Harry Shum Jr., which mm-hmm. uh, everyone knows from Glee, as well as Crazy Rich Asians. He's going to have a big part in Crazy Rich Asians too. Which I know you're looking forward to. (laughs) Whatever happens. I hope, right? You're a big Kevin Kwan fan, right? Aren't you? Yes, I read the books and he will have a really big part. And he was actually credited in the end scenes of the first movie when he was only in the 30 second clip at the very end. So they're hinting at it. He's got a big part in the next one. Him and Gemma. That would be cool. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. if it happens. Um, All right. So. Right away, I think um, I think this is kind of groundbreaking a little bit. We have three Asian male leads, right? Like this is, I don't think I've ever seen a rom com with three not not made in America at least with three Asian male leads, and so they're all supposed to be the hot guys, which is kind of a new thing in uh, in a rom com. Maybe except for Jimmy O Yang, but uh, <laughs> but uh, spoiler alert, he actually ends up getting the girl in the end, so yeah. that's good. That's good. But uh, yeah, so any any thoughts on the cast, uh, Meg? You, you don't know um, them that well, I guess. Besides the one who played Tag, I recognize the other ones, and even recognize the dad in the movie from some other things that he had done. So I don't know if it's being asian and being excited about asian actors so being able to recognize them or if they're getting bigger and so therefore they're recognizable but mm-hmm. yeah so people that i recognize and then paired alongside nina dobrev who i feel like is also pretty big in the world so it wasn't kind of one really big actor some little people with their first shot i think yeah. it was fair game a lot of people you will recognize, or, or mm-hmm. the audience out there will recognize. And um, I don't know. I haven't read anything. I haven't seen anything about... Someone had mentioned that they didn't have this be an Asian cast uh, at first, when it was just an idea. You know, the the authors, the writers are not Asian at all. And mm-hmm. so someone had said they hadn't written it in as Asian, and then they changed it to be... To add that little wrinkle to it, which I'd like to read more about that if that's true. But yeah. I, ha- I haven't heard if anything. If that's the case, it would be interesting because I'm seeing a lot of all or nothing with the Asian cast mm-hmm. sometimes. So, you know, with Crazy Rich Asians, it was all Asian. And then in some other movies, you're saying like, oh, yeah, let's really heavily put the Asian characters. And so to get a mix would be interesting. Yeah. And their intentionality behind how they cast would be interesting to know. Yeah, I'm I'm curious because the whole so just to get into the plot a little bit, the plot starts out and it's it's a classic kind of Cyrano de Bergerac story where you have a guy who may not be as physically attractive as other guys, but he's smooth with his words, right? And he's able to to win a girl over, win a woman over with his words. But then when it comes to physical attractiveness, it's not necessarily there. And so I'm wondering, I just, I guess I just wonder if they just thought making him Asian would be 
a little bit of a thing. I don't, I don't know what the thinking was on that. Yeah, because the plot didn't have anything Asian specific tied to it, mm-hmm. so they could have cast, you know, the main actors any ethnicity. It's not like they had hints of Asian culture throughout the plot line, so mm-hmm. they could have cast anyone. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like yeah, because uh, going into the storyline. It is about a guy who fakes his looks, um, knowing kind of he has this insecurity about how he looks. Maybe he's not as attractive as this other guy. So he uses a fake picture on the dating app. And so that just ties more into, oh, are Asian guys not as cute? Did he have to look like someone who didn't look more Asian? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So it, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, it's good to see him on the screen, right? And mm-hmm. and the other guys are apparently heartthrobs, right? You know, the Harry Shum character, yeah, and the tag character. He's he's Hoppa, and so that is a plus, right? You know, you have these guys that are are attractive, but then the butt of the joke is that womp womp womp. It's a it's an Asian guy with you know with the glasses and the single eyelids a little shorter you know like not physically and that's kind of like uh yeah i mean that that's not a great that's not a great thing yeah it makes you wonder is it because he's asian or because he's not the most attractive guy yeah yeah Yeah. so i don't know so Write in. Everybody, listeners out there, if you have thoughts on that, how did you feel about that? Write in to us. Let us know how you felt. But, okay, so basically the plot is um, Natalie is never lucky in love. You know, she's gone on a bunch of bad dates. And so she meets this guy online, and he looks perfect, and he's interesting, and he checks all the boxes for her. But the thing is, uh, the what was his name? Josh. Josh's character uses Tag's picture on the profile, and so she she kind of sees that. So it's it's catfishing, right? So he's mm-hmm. he's using a fake picture, and he's out there, and she really fall. And they did kind of a long a longish kind of cute meet, you know, or meet cute, mm-hmm. whatever it's called, where they they're falling in love, and it was it was a good couple minutes, right? It was a good. Five yeah. minutes of chatting. There were silly jokes going back and forth, funny messages, stayed on the phone all night long. Shell Silverstein cute. poems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, you could see them falling in love, right? And they were kind of, re- so then he, he, he texts her, uh, I wish you were here for Christmas. And so she takes that as kind of like a, oh, well, maybe. I, so she's in LA. So she flies out to New York. Let's stop there for a second. Um, you want to talk about online dating at all? <laughs> this is this is kind of a uh, a thing now, right? That um, not now, but even the last twenty years. Like when I, by the time online dating became a really big thing, I was already uh, I was already hanging out with my future wife, so I never really got into to online dating. But I remember back in the early two thousands, it was still a little taboo. It was still a little like. Oh man, are you desperate or what? You know, it was definitely booming. It was going up, but it was still a little. I had friends who met online and they were kind of embarrassed to say it. But now, I I feel like if you're not online dating, you're not dating. Like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's common, and I think even as I went through college, um, it was still a little taboo thing that you didn't talk about much. And then I have some cousins who met their significant others online and they never wanted to admit to it of how they met. So I think a little bit, not as much as when it first started, but there's still a little bit of like, Oh wow, you met online, like interest to it. But I personally have not done the online dating, but I have as of recently done the online friend finding. Okay. So their, the Bumble <laughs> app, I think, started out as a dating app, and then it grew into you can match up and find friends just to hang out casually with. And I think they even do a professional's version of, you know, networking, finding people within your career field. But within the friend finding feature, 
you know, I can find, you know, other girls on the island who want to go hike, go out to dinner, um, go and have a beach day. And so being, you know, in the age that I am, I'm not going to school anymore. College was a great time to make a million friends who all lived right next door to you. <laughs> and then getting thrust into a world where it's, do I become best friends with the people I work with? But I work with you. So that's kind of weird. I don't want to, you know, see you all day at work and then leave work and switch <laughs> into like, yeah, let's hang out or go for a drink afterwards personality. Yeah. And so it's hard to meet people when you're not in school anymore. And if you don't necessarily want to be friends with people in your career. And so I think the online dating and the online friend finding is the easiest way to meet new people when you're not in a setting that allows you to meet a lot of people at once. Yeah. And you're, you're a transplant. You didn't grow up in Honolulu, so you don't, you don't have high school buddies. (laughs) Yeah. No high school buddies here. I've met just about everyone at church already. So there's not really anyone new (laughs) coming to the church that I'm like, Hey, you can be my friend too. Um, but that's definitely a way also besides the app of like, I thought about joining a book club, thought about (laughs) going to some yoga classes, but that's another thing where it's, now I'm committing to reading this book with you, or now I'm committing to exercising <laughs> with you on a weekly basis. Yeah, Where man. the online dating thing and the apps, it's like, oh, maybe we can meet once. If we get along, I'll text you again. If we don't, I never have to see you anymore. Have you ever heard of any horror stories from friends with the online dating? Um, I don't know if I've heard any horror stories. I happen to be the one friend in college who graduated the private Christian school life and didn't get married. So a lot of my (laughs) friends found their spouses in college. There's not a lot of people I know who do the online dating, Um, but it's definitely, it's a different world. I haven't experimented with that. And I personally, I don't know if I want to, again, going back to the, dream is your wish that your heart makes a part of me is like oh no someone's gonna fall out of the sky and into happen. my lap one day it's just yeah. gonna happen like that you never know but uh yeah it's it's definitely i mean there's so many apps now too you know it's not there's your pick of apps but i have talked to some guys you know asian guys and they're just normal looking dudes but they're you know not super tall and not super rich and not, you know, whatever a lot of people are looking for. And they'll say, they'll be honest and say, you know, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to be an Asian guy on a dating app. It's just not mm. the most popular. And people, I think, will be like totally blatant and say, only looking for six foot tall or oh, above, right. only looking for a Caucasian, right? Mm-hmm. Only looking for this or that and they're just up front about it and so you know for uh for some people it's it's easy you know they have their they have almost too many dates to choose from and then some some guys just struggle on these dating apps and that was the story right so josh has been and and later on you find out why his profile pictures are just horrendous yes but, they were weird <laughs> to begin with <laughs> but at the same time yeah it's not it's not an unusual story to say that you know not no no slam on jimmy O'Young, but it you know a guy that looked like him probably wouldn't get a ton of hits on their profile from what i hear so, yeah, so anyway, so back to the movie. Uh, so the Nina character, Natalie, decides to fly out to Lake Placid, New York. And I actually looked it up. Lake Placid is a tiny little town. It's like 2,300 people. It's really dinky. And even though it's famous for the Olympics, uh, it is a really small town. So she flies out there, and then she knocks on his door, and then his mom answers it and she's Caucasian and then his dad's there and grandma's there and then he shows up and he's like wait what are you doing here and then you know she realizes that she's been catfished and she she runs away and she goes to this bar and she drinks some kiwi juice that you know makes her swell up and she gets this huge allergic reaction and and Josh is the one who actually takes her well takes her to a vet but (laughs) takes her to get medical attention um and then we kind of make this agreement, you know, rom com style, like, "Hey, if you agree to me, if you agree to be my girlfriend for the holidays, I'll help you meet the real guy in the profile picture, whose name is Tag." So, 
Yeah, you know, some things had to happen here for this to to work out. First of all, would would anyone fly across the country to meet someone they've never met before? I guess. I guess that could happen, right? I don't know if it's the safest option to do, but probably not. Yeah, yeah. not the safest. Probably, especially in our COVID world now, not the most <laughs> realistic either. Not the most realistic. And then, then I, I just, I scratched my head for a minute there because, yeah, his mom is Caucasian, but then mm-hmm. I think later on they said that that's his stepmom. I don't know. They threw that in there. Yeah, they tried to justify how they were cousins because. That's part of the lie that progresses in the movie is that uh, they're cousins. Yeah. And she was like, you're Asian. How is that going to be believable? And then he said from his stepmom's side. But they didn't. That was a quick thing. There was not a lot yeah. of explanation into that. Yeah. And then second of all, then she just shacks up with him for a week in the parents' basement, which is super weird, right? Like, Yeah. Parents just find out that he's in a relationship. No questions asked when she comes over and decides to stay with them. And and here's a guy who's been lying to you, basically, right? And you're really mad at him, but you were willing to stay in the basement with him for a week? Uh. Yeah. And she repeatedly says, I can't trust you. I can't trust you. And then sleeps in his room. And yes, she trusts him. Yeah. And she's walking around in his T-shirts, you know, because she lost her luggage, of course, right? It's another thing. Yeah. So she's walking around in his T-shirt. I don't know. Yeah, this is kind of strange. A little strange, but oh, well, whatever, right? It's like whatever. It's a movie. It's, it's a movie. Don't think too much. Don't think too much. So, of course, some things go well for a while, and she meets the real tag, and they kind of hit it off, but she's lying to him about how much she loves the outdoors, and she lied about how he's a cut her He's Jimmy, uh, Josh's cousin. So she's lying as well. So that's going to come back and get her at the end. And and then, yeah, this weird scene where his brother uh, is always the center of attention. So to steal the spotlight, he, Josh fake proposes to her. <laughs> and so now they're getting married, I guess, in, in somehow this is, this is the plan. And so then it just all goes, it all goes crazy. And the tag fun, and it's all this stuff happens and bum, bum, bum. But then through this all, lo and behold, she realizes that she actually did fall in love with him. <laughs> yeah, which I feel like she should have realized that from the beginning. So going back to when, you know, they were talking on the phone, messaging each other through the app. She flies over and she's shocked to see what he physically looks like. Mm -hmm. But then she, as much as she liked how much he looked like, and that was her initial swipe was like, oh, this guy's cute. Let me swipe on him. She fell in love with the part of him that she was talking to and the person who was had similar interests and they had things to talk about and silly jokes. And so I think right from then, I was like, wait. Aren't you going to give him a chance? Like, maybe he doesn't look like what he says, but you really like talking to him and having conversations with him. Um, So that part, she already blows him off. Like, I'm looking at you. You're not the guy. I don't like you at all. Can't trust you. But I'm like, wait a minute. You were talking to him and messaging back and forth, and she flew across the country to see him. And he does say that. He says, it's me. Everything you liked was me, just except for the physical, which is kind of like... I don't know, man. That it's shallow. It's shallow on her end because as soon as that physical quality wasn't there, she was like, "I don't like you at all." And then, it, but then it wraps up so nicely at the end, where she does. She goes, "Oh, I realize I do." You know. So, what are your thoughts on the ending? Do you- I thought so. The ending, you know, if you've seen Love Actually, again, this is a movie combining Love Actually and Die Hard. So if you've seen Love Actually, you know the cute scene. And so they do the cute scene again with the signs and the written notes on it. And so when I saw that, I said, of course they did it. That's Love Actually. So they're just copying. So that wasn't very original. Um, I would have to say cute but you stole that cuteness off of another movie and didn't think of it on your own (laughs) and then them getting together i didn't feel like they had the chemistry where they like i felt the chemistry when they were messaging and on the phone and had those all little cute moments 
But when they were together, it was more of a tag team best friend duo. They were stealing the newspapers, giggling and laughing. I didn't get the coupley feeling. I got the, oh, you guys are good friends. Mm -hmm. I can hang out together. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) It would have been a thousand percent more realistic if they were just buddies. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know how many people are really rooting for them to get together. Do you feel like? Well, I wonder what Cassie will say. I know. I will follow up. I'll send you an email. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it had all the aspects that I look for in a holiday rom com. You know, and Netflix actually did a movie last year that they called Holiday. But it wasn't really focused on Christmas holidays. Like it kind of went through all the holidays. And me and my friends and my sister had a similar reaction of like, this isn't really a holiday movie. And I also don't really feel very warm and fuzzy about this. And it was cute. (laughs) And it had its moments. And it was kind of well put together. But it feels funny. It doesn't feel like a Christmas movie. And if you know anything else about Netflix and their holiday movies, they actually do a whole kind of universe the way that marvel has their cinematic universe (laughs) there's a netflix christmas movie universe Uh um and they have the prince in me and that i think has two or three movies they have one with vanessa hudgens that Uh one has another two or three movies (laughs) and somehow they cross the two movies and the characters get in the other movies (laughs) and if you look closely on the screens when the actors are watching a movie within their movie it's the other movie (laughs) so it's this whole universe that netflix is building up but those movies have odd and cheesy plot lines also Mm -hmm. but those Mm -hmm. ones leave you with the warm and fuzzies and those ones you know the vanessa hudgens ones are kind of weird especially the most recent one they came out with where there were three Vanessa Hudgens. But that one, you're rooting for the couple. Like you want them to get together. You see they're struggling, but you're like, no, you're going to end up together in the end. And then with this one, it would have been fine if they didn't end up together. I know that would have been such a slam though, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Would you, would you recommend it? I would say, it's an average quality rom-com, like good to average. In terms of the holiday movie, I, me and my sister with our competition, we have a ranking system. Okay. So it's one to five trees. If we really hate it, we give it no Christmas trees at all. Oh, man. And so one Christmas tree would be like, okay, it's a Christmas movie. You were cast during the holidays. You have the lights and everything in the background. You were a movie. That's a one Christmas tree. You move up in the Christmas tree scale if the plot line was good, if the characters get together and stay together. And then for me, a top five Christmas tree movie would be I cried a little bit somewhere along the way, cried, teared up. And then I also love when there's a secret Santa character. (laughs) So when either it's not always Santa Claus himself, But you have this character that's able to, you know, make you travel through time or make things come together or like they blink and something appears. But Mm. I love when they can feature in a little bit like he has the Santa (laughs) magic and they could do that kind of stuff. And Santa helps them get back together. And sometimes it's just like a little boy or sometimes it's this grandpa. It's not always you know, the old guy with the beard, but a little wink I think and those a are smile. Fun, little, fun little pieces of the holiday movies. So no Santa in this one. So no what Santa would, you, in what this would one. you give it out of five trees? Oh, this one in the general category would probably be two trees. Okay. It's pretty low on there. Yeah. In the holiday feeling there wasn't, they did the caroling. Harry Shum got a little crazy with his song, did a little remix. Um, But there wasn't a lot of, besides being cast in December and in a snowy setting, it wasn't really Christmassy. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I think I'd give it, you know, a C, C minus Mm -hmm. on the grading scale or maybe two trees, two and a half trees. It's watchable and it's, you know, it's it's not going to change your life. 
but it's not going to ruin your day either. <laughs> yeah, it's not I mean, the worst, not the best. Probably not a rewatch. Probably not. I could watch in maybe like summertime and still be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. So let's talk about representation for a second. Mm -hmm. um, any thoughts on that? I mean, it was good to see Asian faces up there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you know, getting actors work is always good. Yeah. It was interesting to see the roles that they were playing. And so even Harry Shum Jr.'s character kind of played the more, you know, big brother jerk character mm -hmm. that I don't think he's done in the past. But to see him in that kind of role where I feel like with Asians, they typically cast them as the sweet, smart, or helpful nerdy friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the nerdy character or the yeah. really helpful, respectful best friend that you have. Um, not always cast as, you know, a jerk or outdoorsy yeah yeah or yeah. yeah even the dad was this outdoorsy like yeah. runs this store for hiking and outdoors activities so they tried to push the boundaries with what is typically asian that you would imagine in a movie yeah so the plus for that and the asian guy actually got a girl so that's good uh -huh. <laughs> you don't see yeah. that that often and like you said none of them did kung fu oh you didn't say this but no one did kung fu Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um you know there weren't any hardcore asian references mm -hmm. you know they didn't they didn't bust out a you know something like stereotypically asian so that was good yeah even in the holiday celebration you know they did christmas caroling they made gingerbread houses yeah they <laughs> had a fire i wouldn't say any of that is just asian it was but all american family yeah mm -hmm. just happened to be asian a little odd where they have the grandma and they have, i don't know it just was it was a little odd i think that's it seemed a little forced to make it a chinese family yeah, yeah even weird. the grandma like yeah. she was the you know funny grandma which in a lot of movies you do have that you know the grandparent who says what they want to say yeah they're the funny part of the movie you typically have betty white you know <laughs> so that was the asian betty white for them yeah yeah so overall not super cringy in terms of the representation because they could have gone that way you know could have made it like, oh, we have some really weird Chinese Christmas traditions. Like, they could have thrown in stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. Um, so, I don't know. Representation was okay. It, I'm actually surprised it was, like, number one on Netflix for a while. It got all the way to number one for a, at least a week. Yeah, so I people don't are know watching if it. many people knew the storyline behind it. Because I had seen something on Instagram pop up of you know when they do those little clips and trailers so i had seen a clip pop up and i saw nina dobrev in it so i actually had no idea that it was an asian cast until actually watching it mm -hmm. so i just thought oh nina dobrev gets catfished and that's what the movie's about and then come to find out who else is in the movie and the cast that's in him i don't know i mean yeah solid c for both like c for <laughs> For plot and execution, also C for representation. Maybe a little higher. Maybe a B for representation. Yeah, they tried. They tried to include people. They got some different familiar faces, but I wouldn't necessarily say they tapped into the Asian culture very much. Yeah, but I, you know, in a way, I'm almost glad for that. But at the same time, it's kind of like it's there. <laughs> you probably should explain it a little bit. You know, the fact that wait, where? what he has a stepmom like what is happening like that yeah. that kind of stuff was a little unexplained and he has a little bit of an accent you know a little bit of a chinese accent mm -hmm. so that's a little odd it was a little odd but you know oh well you know what it's not gonna cure cancer <laughs> it's not gonna win an academy award no but you know if you're home if you're home on a saturday night you know it's chilly outside you're just eating something warm and you want to watch something to kill some time it's not a bad watch yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for talking with me about this movie. <laughs> no problem. It's so funny. For those of you out there, I was like, hey, Meg, you want to do an episode with me? And I guess I forgot to tell you what we were watching. Yes. <laughs> you had just asked about holiday movies in general. So I was scratching my mind thinking about 
which Asians were in which movie and what did they play and what was the plot? And I had to call my sister and be like, Cassie, are there any Asians in any movies we've seen in the holiday movies? Nope. And she had the same thought that I did of, oh, if there is an Asian, it's probably just a friend or a side character. It's not typically the main character. Right, right. Yeah. No. So that was funny. You're like, so uh, what are we watching? I'm like, oh, I didn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Meg had to, to squeeze it in right before she watched it a day ago. You watched it yesterday? When you uh, last night, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for doing that. And then no now problem. you can compare notes with Cassie on the way, on the way to the beach, maybe, when you're going. She's a lot more critical than I am. So this will probably have no treats for her. That'd okay. Zero, yeah, let me know. Send me, text me her, her tree rating on this one. Yes. All right, so that wraps it up for episode 14. Thanks for coming along, Meg. Yeah. You can go get some dinner now. <laughs> I know, two hours behind. Still early, 6.30 here. <laughs> and, uh, well, this time of year, it's only two hours. The rest of the year, yeah. it's only it's three hours. Right? Mm-hmm. But, um, hey, everyone out there, thanks for listening. Did you watch Love Heart and give us your thoughts uh, right into us? You can write to us at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com and... Uh, give us a follow over at Instagram or Facebook at The Infatuation Podcast. And I'll put all these details in our show notes. Uh, we do new, new episodes every Wednesday, and sometimes we do two episodes a week. So uh, who knows? You may get another one coming up soon. You don't know. So you might want to follow us on Instagram so you know when these episodes are dropping. Uh, just to let you know, a little heads up, we are going to take a two-week break at the end of December for the holidays. So... Um, that might give you a chance to catch up on some of our old episodes. Yeah, so go check out those episodes. Um, follow us wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hey, if you're listening on Apple, give us a rating. Give us a five-star. We'll uh, That'll help us out a lot. Uh, so until we talk to you again, uh, on behalf of Meg and myself, we hope you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>